Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 6, 22 through 71. I think it's pretty indisputable that deep inside all of us, there is a yearning for something that simply cannot be fulfilled in this life. One reason I think that, just look at the rich and famous in this world who, uh, from kind of an average Joe's perspective, you might say they've got everything, riches and fame and security, yet how many of them still seem to be seeking for something more? Uh, We were made with a longing for something that this life can't answer. We were made for eternity and ultimately for Jesus Christ. Christ. And John 6 is going to help us see and understand this today. What we saw in our last reading was the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, and that's recorded in all four Gospels. Today, we're going to see something that is only recorded in the Gospel of John. And really, it's a teaching, kind of a back and forth between Jesus and the, pe- and the people about the significance of what has happened. And it really speaks to some of the most crucial needs for every human being. We, we pick it up. They track down Jesus. Uh, we see that in verses 22 through 24. They track down Jesus and eventually everything converges in Capernaum, which you can see the ruins of today. A um, little fishing village on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And they come and they track down Jesus, asking him when he came here. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaf. So it's not just that they, oh, now we really want to follow you because we really believe in who you are. Hey, you got any more of them, their loaves, Jesus? They want to fill their bellies again. And Jesus says in verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give to you for on him, God, the father has set his seal. So there Jesus seeks to turn their eyes from worldly things and temporal things to the things of eternity. And that is a message that still needs to be heard today. There's things we read in the scripture that is like, what, what's that talking about? You know, how does that connect to today? This is one of those things that should translate pretty easily to today, where people are working for the food that perishes. And we've maybe even got more sophisticated in that, where for most people in our society, food is kind of a given. So we're, we're working on other things. But guess what? They still perish. Our earthly goods, our earthly wealth will someday perish. Jesus is calling us to set our sights higher and set our heights on him. And like we talked about with our last reading, uh, some of this, I think, exposes the flaws of a lot of what goes on in the church today, because a lot of it, I think, really has an earthly focus. We have turned God into someone that will help us get the food that perishes. Oh, wait. Sounds like people haven't changed in 2000 years. People today are doing just what the people were doing 
then, oh, I like Jesus because he takes away all the obstacles in my life to help me be a better me. No, that is not the point. The point is trust in him. And and even we see how exalted he is. He's the son of man. And on him, the father has sent his seal. And and then we see even that we must believe in him. That's a good reminder tucked in here. We cannot work this out on our own. We cannot find satisfaction. We cannot find security on our own. And those are the two things, maybe two words to help you see what is Jesus offering in this passage, Uh, satisfaction and security. And we're going to see that as we uh, come here to kind of the climax of the passage, it builds. And again, it's so clear that Jesus is making a grand statement about himself here, because again, they ask for a sign and they talk about the manna in the wilderness. And Jesus says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. So there he's saying, my father, again, look at how they responded to that in just the last chapter, they wanted to kill him for that claim. Uh, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. Whoa. Or gives life to the world. Whoa. Who's that? That person must be pretty important. Verse 35, I am the bread of life. So Jesus here clearly making another statement about himself and his identity. But then look at what he goes on to say. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is offering a satisfaction that the world simply cannot give. And along with this satisfaction comes security because another thing that you will see throughout this passage is that idea of the people that come to him and believe in him, they will be raised up. Look at verse 40. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So Jesus is guaranteeing my followers, they will be raised up. I will give them eternal life and I will keep them safe until that Day. So, so those are two important truths that we see here in what Jesus says. And you'll see more as you read this longer section today. Jesus is offering eternal satisfaction and eternal security. And he is the only one that can offer uh, these things. Now, we also see some things. There's just a few things I think to note today that, that show us um, God's sovereignty and human responsibility and how Jesus puts them together and doesn't have a problem with them. I mean, we see even he is the one that is going to raise them up on the last day. And it's everyone who looks on the son and believes in him. Jesus will protect everyone who believes in him. And and even you see in a verse like 37, all that the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I think that speaks to some things that people may talk about as we try to wrestle with these truths of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. One, well, why, why do, why do we come to the father? Well, because the father gave us to the son. There's an element of his responsibility there. We are saved because he gave us to the son. He chose us. 
But also you see us coming to Christ is a very real action. And another thing that I know people worry about, because I've worried about it in my past, and I've talked to people who are worried about it. There's this idea, well, if God chooses who is saved, what if I'm not one of the elect? And what if I want to be saved, but I can't because God didn't choose me? Look again how that verse ends. All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Those that come to faith in Christ will not be cast out. And even one of the words that we use and the Bible uses to talk about this subject is the idea of election. And one important thing to remember is election is not keeping anybody out of heaven. Uh, Without election, heaven would be empty because we are all sinners. We are all lost. Election is how God in his mercy rescues sinners from hell. And so we don't need to worry that, oh, I'm going to come to Christ, but he's not going to let me in because I didn't get picked for the right team. That's just not how it works. And again, I think we need to get more comfortable with putting God's sovereignty and human responsibility right next to each other. And even though there's tension in our mind, we say, this is how the Bible says it is. Somebody once asked Charles Spurgeon, how do you reconcile God's sovereignty and human responsibility? And he says, I don't. I would never try to reconcile friends, right? We try to make those two concepts enemies with each other when they are not. And I think we also see some things to that effect towards the end of the chapter where Jesus talks about the role of the spirit. Verse 63, he says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. So those that come to faith in Christ, the spirit is the one who gives them that life. But again, that does not absolve the human responsibility. All those who walk away from Christ here, it's not as if Jesus is saying, well, you know, they couldn't do any different. No, it's clear they are wrong in what they are doing. And when he gets to Judas at the end of the chapter, he calls him a devil. He doesn't say, well, you know, Judas couldn't do any different. No, he he holds Judas responsible. So you see those truths side by side in this chapter. But I want us to finish with something very important at the end, as people are leaving. And there's more, again, we don't have time on this podcast to go as in-depth as we could. That's why we preach through books of the Bible. That's why it took me about two years to preach through the gospel of John at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. Um, But as we look at this today, we see people have a problem with what Jesus is saying. And when he gets into talking about them eating his flesh and drinking his blood, I don't think the problem ultimately with was with their understanding. I think it was they didn't want to accept that they couldn't do it, that they couldn't save themselves, that they needed to accept this substitute on their behalf. And you see many people leave and you come to this response uh, where Jesus asks the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. You will face things in this world. If we're talking about eternal security and eternal satisfaction, you will be tempted 
to go after other things that are promising that. It could be sinful pleasures of the world. It could be putting your trust in riches or some level of security that this world has to offer. I pray that the desires in our heart are all refreshed by those words of Peter and that we would remember there is nowhere else to go. There is nowhere else that offers satisfaction. There is nowhere else that offers security, but Christ and Christ alone. So this passage says some pretty exalted things about Christ. And I hope we leave today exalting Christ and and really buttressed against temptation today. Uh, Whether it's, again, to seek satisfaction or security anywhere else but God, that we would know, no, only Christ has the words of life. I'm holding on to those today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.